All right, hello everyone, and welcome in to the Geek Garage Podcast, the most inclusive and accessible nerd culture audio program on the interwebs. I am your host, David Dassaw, and joined with me, as per usual, is my brand new and sexy as fuck co-host, uh, Mr. Zach Wills. How are you doing, Mr. Zach Wills? One of those is true. Uh, do I have to guess which one? Or, or do, well, yeah, I, I'd, I'd rather you won't. I really don't do that. <laughs> I, I guess it would be our listeners slash watchers that that would have to guess. Um, <laughs> does anybody actually take in the video part of this podcast? Like, does anybody actually watch us? I don't know. I, I don't spend a whole lot of time in YouTube looking at our stats. Um, that's one thing. That I, I refuse to watch. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I basically spend enough time with the video to edit and then upload to YouTube, like editing and making it look pretty enough to where I'm like, yes, someone would probably watch this. Um, And then I upload it to YouTube, um, to our channel. And then Mm -hmm. like, that's it. Like I, I, you know, the, I think they call it posting ghost. Um, That's posting ghost. That's a great strategy. Yeah. That is kind of my strategy um, for, at least for YouTube. Um, It's bad enough. I have to hear my own voice or refuse to look at my own face on the TV. (laughs) No, you 70, sound, 70 inches of this mug on your TV. You sound great. I like your voice. It's mm. it's smooth and sultry like dark chocolate. <laughs> I, I don't know lion, why. Lion some bitch. <laughs> you lying son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm the fucking lizard king. I'm, um, a, I'm almost to that. Like a, I put the office on in the background at night and I'm actually almost to the Robert California episodes. Yeah, favorite season, by the way, favorite season. I love, I love him. Really? Wow, that is. Uh, mm-hmm. I like the is... post Michael Scott stuff. I do. I, obviously, okay. I love, I love the heart of the show. But people get all uppity about like the post Michael Scott stuff. Like I thought sure. the Will Ferrell char- character was hilarious. Okay. I love James Spader. I love um, Kathy Bates. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I, I don't think it's too much of a hot take to say that about James Spader. Um, but yeah, like that's definitely a hot take about. Um, about Will Ferrell and um, just the series post uh, Steve Carell leaving, um, you know, a lot of people will, you know, just outright state that the show just went downhill after that. I don't think so. I I did pry up a story about James Spader that was pretty disappointing. I was looking up uh, Disney stories from cast members who had since left. They were telling stories and apparently James Spader was just an absolute dick to the oh. server at this restaurant because she wouldn't allow his dog inside per Florida uh, health code. You can't have an animal inside where they serve food. And he demanded that that server be fired and just threw a fucking fit. Mm. So that kind of, that's why I don't like learning things about people that I like to see. I yeah. lost, I lost Louis CK. I lost, <laughs> we all lost Bill Cosby. Wow. <laughs> so yeah. I, I yeah. refuse to like learn anything about anybody that I like outside of the medium that they're in. I just, I'm tired of losing people. Yeah. Um, it's not a good look. Uh, anyways. No. So on to today's episode, we are continuing, um, with our next two, uh, movies of our marvelous adventure where we are watching slash rewatching, the Marvel movies in quote unquote timeline order uh, or the order in which they occur chronologically 
within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, first two episodes, or first episode we did, uh, what was that, Zach? We did Captain America and Captain mm-hmm. Marvel, correct? Yep, um, and, I, and I will say that I'm watching these for the first time fully through. Right. Um, That's that, what makes it special. Marvel movies have been out for a while, so if we just talked about Marvel movies again, <laughs> that, yeah. that probably wouldn't be great. But for, for somebody who's watching them for the first time and actually trying to take it all in, that's that's why it matters. Right. Yeah. This that's definitely a lot of the appeal of doing this um, this visit. But it, it, it's why I call it a a watch slash rewatch is because it's a rewatch for me. But uh, you know, Zach, I, I think you you mentioned that you've seen a couple of the movies or at least a mm-hmm. handful of yeah. the movies, but only part of said movies. Yeah, um, I, I, I didn't catch them in theaters, and I never really sat down and watched them with intent. And I think uh, right. for everyone else, this is probably a rewatch um, who might be following along. But for me, it's a it's a first watch. Like anything else, I'm about ten years behind on trends. So. <laughs> Well, um, you know, uh, I ain't going to fault it for you. Um, if someone out there is going to fault you for it, they, um, you know, suck my butt. Yes. Suck my kiss. Uh, so yeah, that, that is our, uh, our topic at hand for, um, for today's episode. However, we do have some stuff to get to before that. Um, Let's see. We did have a Facebook poll, but since that Facebook poll is related to our um, our topic today, let's let's wait on that and let's hit our uh, our little side topics and icebreakers first. Um, Zach, did uh, did you do any digging for some uh, some nerdy news uh for, for this episode it's totally cool if you didn't um i i did yeah um just a little bit of passive digging but m&m's got a restaurant does he like like the yeah the yeah just M&M? uh yeah slim shady uh yeah slim shady has an eatery nice just, uh what what kind of food uh well let me tell you um <laughs> you want to uh guess the name um, Guess the name of Slim Shady's restaurant. Don't think too hard. Slim Shady's restaurant. Is that the name of it? <laughs> nope. Well, uh, tomorrow, um, Mom's Spaghetti Diner will open. In d- <laughs> down- <laughs> Mom's Spaghetti Diner will open in downtown Detroit. Offering Stan's simple dishes like the Skeddy sandwich and, of course, spaghetti and meatballs. Oh, and when you've when when you've finished choking down your Skeddy sandwich, you can stop on by the gift shop that he calls the Trailer, an attached retail spot stocked with Eminem merchandise. Oh my Ooh, god! Where yeah. where is this? Is this in Detroit? Detroit, Detroit. Okay. Yeah. Um. There's a commercial. <laughs> it's uh. Okay. It's something. I bet. Um, I re- I recommend everybody look that up. Uh, this is just from some fucking clickbait link that I clicked and followed up. Um, it's it's okay. real. And there's a number you can call if anybody wants to call this number three one three eight 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 three eight eight. 
uh, it opens tomorrow. So I think they just have it set up as like an informational. I didn't call it. Um, okay. It's, it, I think it's like an automated thing, but uh, tomorrow <laughs> somebody might answer the phone at Mom's spaghetti diner. That's uh, well, that's something else. Uh, <laughs> that's, um, that's that's a challenging piece of information that I was burdened with. And now I want you to fling it out into the Internet for me because. Uh... <laughs> well, I am far more likely to hop in my vehicle uh, and drive to Detroit and go to his restaurant than I am to visit the local Nashville Kid Rock restaurant. That's oh, how God. that's how more. Uh, how more likely I am to, to visit, uh, that, um, isn't, isn't that fascinating? Probably smells like bad whiskey and Ted Nugent's nuts. Uh, I gotta imagine that's at least partially accurate. Gross. <laughs> um, anyways, was it mom's spaghetti diner? The, the, the in Detroit. Yeah. So if anybody happens to be in or travel to Detroit, please go, just go. Please go. I, I want to. So, so we can. Know. We yeah. We we want to hear through uh, a a decent grapevine how good or bad it is. So go and lose yourself in the moment and have a skeddy sandwich. Yeah. Um. So I found a couple of news topics uh, that have been trending in the the geek sphere, uh, if you will. But the the biggest thing I'd say is. The, the recent cast announcement for the the upcoming animated Mario Brothers movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Zach, did you did you hear about this? No. Really? You must have not been spending a whole lot of time on the internet. No, I wasn't. Um yeah. Oh so... yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I did I did see this. O- only okay. in passing though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I, I can't remember the entire cast list. Like it's decent, but Let's just say that a lot of people have a lot of problems with the casting, namely Chris Pratt. Yeah. Um, I, I think like 90 to 95% of the problems that people have with this, the, the choice of casting that they went with has to do in some form or fashion with Chris Pratt. What's uh, the hang up there? So without getting too political or, or whatever, um, I think the biggest thing with Chris Pratt is that he, th- this is all speculation, conjecture, wh- mm-hmm. wh- whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, we don't know Chris Pratt. We don't have him on, you know, on speed dial. We don't call him up. We're not buddies. So this is all hearsay. <laughs> uh, but he apparently attends a church that uh, is ha, has been known or is known to um, actively rally against LGBTQ uh, rights and even sponsor conversion therapy. Um, See, this is why I don't want to learn things. But That's... like, so here's, God, I, I don't even want to go into this. Like it's, this is why we like actively avoid the shit on the podcast. Um, objectively not great it's not a great thing i don't have any context i i know nothing about that i don't have any context so yeah i I mean you know you you can be mad at chris pratt i I don't think that necessarily means that he supports the church's decision like if you ever you were to say like 
oh, Chris Pratt sucks because he goes to a church that doesn't like the gay people. It's like, like, whoop do you fucking do? Like, guess what? You just named every single fucking church in existence. Like, how many churches out there support the gays? A like, handful. Very, very few. Yeah. That I, that I know of. We actually have um, one uh, right around the corner from us, but until we hear something from him, until he wants to come out and talk about it, I, I, I can't really cast judgment. No. I can have my knee jerk feelings. My knee jerk feeling is not great, but I mean, I, I've been to Harry Potter world. I know um, JK Rowling's views on her, her turfy views. Um, I just, I just have to, I have to accept that. Well, um, anyways, uh, so getting off of this topic, <laughs> moving on with with something else so um you know a couple just a couple other quick things um yeah speaking of harry potter looks like that uh, this is not a definite thing this is one of like the like our trusted inside sources at blah 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 studio has told us this um it's that a snape prequel is in the works at HBO max, which okay. would be fucking awesome. Like, I think it's supposed to deal with Snape, um, as he was like going to Hogwarts and, and stuff. Um, yep. like I said, this is just kind of hearsay and nothing's been officially stated, but there was a few other Harry Potter projects out there in the works too, that I, I can't think of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, you know, the, the third fantastic beast movie, I think mm-hmm. uh, like the title was just announced, um, not too long ago. Uh, what was it like the secrets of Dumbledore or something? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, yeah. that's, it's, it's, it's exciting enough, but I am taking the stance of kind of sort of no Johnny Depp, no care. Um, no. they, they should bring back Johnny Depp, those fucking cowards. Um, they, you're going to get back into that topic again. I, I let's, let's just move <laughs> forward. Um, okay. So, um, Facebook poll, which will help us segue into our, our main topic today. So, um, so it was simply, what are your favorite Iron Man suits or some mm. of your favorite Iron Man suits? And then I, uh, I listed a bunch, um, probably too many, uh, <laughs> based off of the, um, the, the turnout that we had for voting. But the one that got the most votes was the suitcase suit from Iron Man two, uh, which mm-hmm. is, uh, a little surprising, but it's a pretty fucking dope suit. And we'll, We'll talk about that whenever we get to Iron Man 2 here in just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything else was like one vote, two vote, you know, just small stuff like that. Like the uh, the nanotech um, suit from uh, Avengers Infinity War. Uh, mm-hmm. Zach, I know you're, you're not quite there yet, but that is quite the suit. Um, I, I, re- so. I read up on that. That was supposed to be one where pretty much his imagination was the limit at that point. It could just do anything. Essentially. Yes, it is. Um, it's high fucking tech as if his suit wasn't high tech already. Yeah. Um, this is just the, the ultimate. So, um, but yeah, uh, let's, let's get started. Shall we? Mm-hmm. Um, so our first movie that we are discussing this evening or, uh, evening for us, uh, is Iron Man one 
or just Iron Man from 2008, directed by John Favreau. Uh, and it has Robert Downey Jr., Terrence Howard, Jeff Bridges, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, and a couple others. Um, Zach, did you say you had the uh, the tomato score on here? Yep, for I got it. Tomatoes? This one was uh, knocked it out of the park. 94% on yeah. this one, with an audience score of 91. Okay, right on. Um, yeah, this, uh, this movie definitely deserves those high scores. Uh, yeah. I, I'd say those scores are pretty accurate to, uh, to how I feel personally that they should be ranked. So. Oh yeah. I, I, I liked this one a lot. Now I had seen this one. I forgot how old I was. It was in college. Mm-hmm. Okay. So forever this... ago, but I, this is one that I actually had seen, but it was a while ago and I'd probably seen parts of it uh, since then up to now. But um, okay. I, de- I definitely have always liked this one. And I've always liked the character Iron Man. I've always yeah. liked characters that are actually rooted in an actual person. Sure. You know, I- Iron Man, Batman, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think we've had this uh, discussion before where y- you stated that you like, um, superheroes that are a bit more grounded in reality than, mm-hmm. that are like a not necessarily like tech billionaires but they uh they they don't have like otherworldly superpowers and stuff um, yeah and it's like i don't know I, I it's pretty disappointing in the time we live in where we have actual billionaires that are actually trying to do cool shit but nobody's calling dibs on being iron man or batman yeah, I I call bullshit on that as well. Yeah, I do call uh, like, bullshit on that. Like the fact that we don't have an actual Batman is absolute horseshit. Like <laughs> Jeff Bezos, he can't. Do what it. the fuck are you like? He's Professor X. He just needs a floating chair. <laughs> that baldy fuck. <laughs> like, fucking cowboy hat wearing. Like I'm going to space. <laughs> Hey, people are starving. Can you fix some shit down here first? <laughs> nope, sure can't. Nope. I'll, I'll see you on the moon, fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> ah! um, anyway, so uh, back to Iron Man. Um, so what? Uh, where where does this movie fall for you so far? As far as the the origin stories that that we've gotten, because all three movies mm. that we've watched uh, so far have been origin stories. So where where does Iron Man rank for you in, in terms of... So of the ones that I've seen and what I know, mm-hmm. and I have seen Black Panther too, so I have to consider that one. That was, that was dope. I liked that one a lot. Mm-hmm. This one's probably at the top, and I, I really liked uh, Captain America. I, I mm-hmm. really did. Um, but this one, that's, it's, a, it's an easy call. Top. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's where it is for me too. Uh, I I think the only thing that could potentially beat out the Iron Man origin story is if they just if they somehow did a origin story for um, the Tom Holland Peter Parker, uh, which I, I know they're not going to. That's fine. They've already done a thousand origin stories for Spider Man, so. Uh, so I, I think as of right now, I, I think the, the movie that comes the closest to beating Iron Man one is Shang-Chi and the legend of the 10 rings. Mm-hmm. Um, that movie is fucking wild. It is. Since it's so you, goddamn since good. you mentioned that 
and I know the answer to this, but I just have to ask because I took a I took a little note on it. The terrorist mm-hmm. group that kidnaps Tony Stark um, yes. is known as the Ten Rings. Is that anything? Right. Is that anything? So that is actually addressed in Shang-Chi really? and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Yes. Okay, uh, bri- well, don't briefly, spoil it for me. <clears throat> yes, uh, I, I won't. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I won't spoil anything. It's not a coincidence. Uh, okay, we'll see. This the, is the luxury I have mm-hmm, of, of yeah. watching him for the first time. Yeah, you can, you can just kind of learn a little bit as you go. Um, I don't... I don't think this was their intention. The way that they um, looped the Ten Rings organization in Iron Man 1 versus how they talked about the Ten Rings in Shang-Chi, that wasn't their intent all along. Because when they made Iron Man 1, Mm -hmm. this kind of ties into some of the trivia that I dug up for this movie they had no idea where this was going. Like they kind of sort of signed like a six movie deal where they were hoping to pump out at least six movies. They didn't realize that Iron Man one was going to be this fucking insane phenomenon that Mm -hmm. would officially kick off the MCU. Like reading through some of the trivia, uh, like if you have a, have a, a chance, anyone that's listening to to spend like 15 20 minutes going through the trivia on like imdb or wikipedia just go look your armpits will start to sweat um because like it did for me like made me so nervous for the movie in its beginning stages because the cards were really stacked against them um like they they basically i i i don't know what kind of business deal they um they brokered um, it, it was some weird technical term, but they basically uh, used the the intellectual property rights of the characters to um, to make these movies and to like they used them as collateral for the movies and stated like in the contract, like if this like five or six movie deal is a giant flop and no one likes it then we're never going to be able to make superhero movies again. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's going to once again bounce around from studio to studio until someone like wants to buy up the rights again. Um, So a lot was riding on the success of Iron Man one. And so we have like that. That's why a lot of people I think consider Iron Man, like the OG is that so much was writing on this movie and most of us didn't even know it. Like the only people knew it were the ones at the top, like John Favreau, RDJ, um, the studio execs, like they knew we didn't really like, cause it was in its infant stages and we didn't know exactly where it was going. Um, We had some wild guesses because, you know, Nick Fury was in, the, the post credit scene of Iron Man one. And that's where he introduced the, the idea of the Avenger initiative. But um, yeah. So like Zach, what, uh, what, what are your, some, some of your overall like thoughts and feelings, like any favorite parts of the movie, any, anything that sticks out to you that you really enjoyed about it? Yeah. yeah so again, I, I don't want to get political about it or anything, but it was just the, the character itself and like the masturbatory patriotism that came with the Iron Man character, you know, fucking yeah. 
that's how dad did it. That's how America does it. And it's worked out good so far. And um, he's, what, what does he say? I have successfully privatized world, world peace. peace. And that's yeah. the most American thing you could have possibly said. And keep in mind, this is what, 2007, 2008, not that far behind 9-11. So er, everything yeah. was pretty, pretty Toby Keith tempo at that time. So <laughs> I think that was... Um, that yeah. was that was probably playing into okay terrorist organization kidnaps of uh, Tony Stark and I don't know how the the comic book storyline went or how true it was to that <clears throat> so maybe it was just a coincidence um, I don't know um, so a lot of the the preceding comic books uh, that dealt with Iron Man did not deal in this timeline I believe. Okay. Excuse me. I, I believe a lot of the stuff that was written after um, this movie came out, um, any further origin stories, they were they kind of snowballed or, or had a little to do with the this origin story of Tony Stark. Mm. But because Iron Man has been around for I don't think not as long as Captain America, but still for a long enough time, like uh, he he's been around long enough to where they introduced him during the Vietnam war, uh, the cold war. Okay. Um, the, like the old wars. Um, so yeah, he's, he's definitely been around for a while. Okay. Um, but yeah, the, this is, uh, the, the way of introducing him in this particular political climate is relatively new. Okay. Well, I mean, it's a, seemed like a pr- pretty low hanging fruit there as a um as a plot line i guess you know weapons developer kidnapped in the middle east at a weapons right. display which uh, by the way um one of the things i put in here at the uh, jericho demonstration when they're in afghanistan no one's wearing hearing protection standing by that goddamn thing and that looks loud as shit <laughs> like, when that thing lets loose and you, no one's wearing i don't know if you've been around loud jet engines and things like that it it hurts I- yeah, I have. I went to the uh, the Smyrna Air Show a couple years mm. ago, and we ended up leaving very, very, very early because, um, you know, you know, the uh, but the the kids, yeah. they, I mean, they should have been wearing ear protection anyways, um, and that's our bad. But at the time, we did not know that they were both on the autism spectrum. Right. And Charlie, especially, he has a major hearing sensitivity. Yep. Um, so it was basically like we were just sitting in hell for him. Um, yeah, that's so. But yeah, that that's a good call. I never, <laughs> I've seen this movie a billion times, and I never put two and two together that no one was wearing hearing yeah. protection. And despite the fact that like the Jericho missiles exploded uh, a uh, a canyon, what looked like several miles away, uh, it's still probably the the blast would have been pretty loud. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. If you see me like wiping my face a lot, it's because I'm schwitzing out here because it's still hotter than shit down here in Florida. <laughs> yeah. And, it's I'm all, my, uh, and I'm in my sunroom. But, um, oh, 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 rainforest sweating. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking swampy. Take off, take off your shoes and suck me sexy. Jesus. All right. Um, <laughs> one other thing I did notice, though, <laughs> as just a little aside, when they were in the cave doing the, you know, the terroristy video of him. And they're, yeah. they pull the bag off his head. Mm-hmm. Um, every one of them has a finger on the trigger of the rifle they're holding. 
which okay. if you if you even have a passing knowledge of how to handle a firearm, that's a no-no. So no trigger control in that scene. And I don't know if that was intentional or not, if they just handed actors who had never handled a firearm a weapon and mm-hmm. they just did what they thought was natural. But don't, you know, that's just something that bugged me. I was like, you're just asking to accidentally shoot somebody. Yeah, I so that knowledge I did know of. I, I am not good around guns. I don't own any guns. I've never been through any firearm safety training but I do know that that is a huge no-no. But once mm-hmm. again, another detail that I uh, don't pick up because I, or didn't pick up because I, I don't really pay attention to stuff like that. But see, I did Google uh, the the jet, the cool looking jet that says Stark Industries, like the purple on the side. Um, mm-hmm. It's set online. It was a heavily modified Boeing seven thirty seven. So you, we okay. all know what a seven thirty seven is. If you've ever flown Southwest, you know what that is. So it was just right. a modified one of those, I guess. Okay. Um, yeah, I do have um, some earmarked, um, aircraft, uh, questions and, and whatnot for Iron Man too, because, okay. uh, they, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that when we get to it. Um, but yeah, I sure. Um, one other thing that I noticed that was like a pretty big plot point uh-huh. was the icing issue. Okay. How did you, how did you solve the icing issue? He says to Obadiah Stane when, they, when he's right. in his big buff, whatever, um, iron monger suit iron monger the ripoff that he he made mm-hmm. um that kind of bugged me too because they didn't go through any moisture as they ascended and to have ice accumulation you have to have some kind of moisture so i feel like they could have just put them going through some clouds at least it's mm-hmm. just a little thing that kind of got me too i was like all right i i get why that would be a problem, but you could at least have them go through some clouds or something. So you can actually believe but the lay person's not going to know that. So that's just fun fact for you. I, yeah, I get that. That was honestly, that was probably something that they had considered, but uh, given the, 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 I don't know what the budget was for this movie, but it was probably an executive decision to omit it for simplicity's sake. Yeah, and you want to be able to see them, and everybody wants to see the fight as they go. You probably, I don't know how you would have shot it, but I don't know. That was just something I noticed. Um, No, that makes sense. When he's in the, I forget what suit it is, the Mark III, probably. Um, Yeah, and he he flies off. Yeah, and he flies off to save the day. He flies through his own fucking roof when earlier in the movie, in the Mark II, he flew out the garage. Mm-hmm. In, but when he has the Mark III, he flew through his own roof, like straight through it. <laughs> I don't uh, let's see. Okay, well, I would have said like if that's um, Iron Man two, then that would have made sense because he literally drilled holes through his, uh, <laughs> his no the 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 roofs in his house. Um, no, he just, and he's in like the basement. I feel, he's in a damn mountain. So I know he's got some stuff to go through. So I feel like he just flew through his roof for no reason. Well, maybe he had, I don't know. I'm just making shit up here, but maybe <laughs> he made some modifications to his house. Cause I, I think some time has, uh, yeah. it has supposed to have passed in this mm. movie. It's not, I don't think it's necessarily well represented, but I do think like between, I mean, we do know that like, was it like three months that uh, like two or three months that he was trapped in the cave? Um, yeah. A couple uh, months. 
three held hostage. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't, I can't speak to the time that had passed in between him, like coming home and then becoming Iron Man and then like the end of the movie. So I don't know. Um, whatever. Uh, (laughs) I just thought it was funny. I was like, I was like earlier, you flew out the garage, you know, it's there. You just wrecked your own house, bud. I mean, whatever your house. Yeah, I'm not good at picking up on those little things, as you can well tell by now. I'm I'm just for whatever reason I'm not good at looking at those little things and being like, oh, that's weird. Um, Let me see if I noticed anything else for this one that stuck out to me. Uh, no. Okay, I do have some uh, trivia questions that I wanted to. Uh, quiz you on um it's some of these you might be able to to take a stab at and guess Mm -hmm. uh, and uh and possibly get right i'm not necessarily trying to stump you i just i thought it'd be fun if instead of just like regurgitating the trivia that i found on like wikipedia and imdb that i actually uh form it in the uh, or phrase it in the form of a question to to quiz you on um i I thought it'd be a little bit more fun that way so okay um so uh paul bettany who voiced uh jarvis how long Mm -hmm. do you think it took uh, him to record all the lines for jarvis i don't feel like he has a lot of lines right so i'm gonna guess it's a shockingly short amount of time so how much time did he actually spend on the mic recording jarvis's lines that's the question you can give it to me in whatever duration you, you it can't be more like. than a couple of hours i'm gonna say four five hours tops i'm gonna Ooh. i'm gonna that, that's that's pretty damn close uh, really so he only spent two hours recording ah. um, i i for some reason I, I thought you were gonna guess at least you know a week or so but yeah no two five hours. hours that's what i would guess because there's not <clears> a lot of lines and i did see um, in some of the videos I watched about it, that Jarvis was actually an actual person, but they were coming after Batman and they didn't want to do another. Um... Oh my God. Batman's Butler. Uh, Alfred. They didn't want to do another Alfred. So they made him, right. an, they made him AI. Yeah. Um, yep. That's, uh, that's exactly what happens. And uh, did you see that um, Jennifer Connelly uh, is Paul Bettany's wife? she would go on to be the AI voice inside of Peter Parker's Spider-Man suit. Well, that's fun. Um, which I, I don't really consider that a spoiler of any kind. Um, because, um, it's, it's pretty common knowledge that Iron Man gifts, uh, Peter Parker, you know, his, his suit. Um, Uh that's kind of common knowledge, but anyways, um, so next question, uh, how many pieces make up Iron Man suit? Which one? Doesn't matter. Uh, I'm not going to get it right either way. <laughs> yeah, th- this would be a tough one. Just, um, yeah, just shot in the dark. Um, d- d- does it specify which suit? Uh, I would say the Mark III. So the one where he like actually transitions the red, into like yeah, the, the Avenger the role. And, yeah, the the red and gold one. Yeah, that you see oh, him fight. Uh, how many Walmart. pieces? Yeah. Over or under a hundred? Over. Two fifty. Wait, how many bones Uh, are in the human body? Two twenty-five. I'm gonna guess it's around two twenty. I'm gonna guess two twenty-five. 
A little more than that. Four fifty. Yeah. Oh, close. Okay. Four fifty. Closer with five. Yep. Uh, let's see. Um, is that actual pieces that they put together for the movie or like in fiction? Uh, so more of the first, um, it is, so they didn't put together. I don't think they put together an entire suit that they might have created the entire suit that you see, um, his Mark one suit that he uses, that he builds to escape from, uh, being held hostage. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, like I said, I, I believe this is supposed to be the, the Mark three suit. And this is supposed to pertain mostly to all the CGI parts that they, okay. they had to build for the suit. So, okay. Um, anyways, so which actors read Iron Man comics in order to prepare for their roles? Was it Robert Downey Jr., Gwyneth Paltrow, Jeff Bridges, or all of the above? I'm trying to think of which one seems like they would be a comic book reader. I bet Robert Downey Jr. did because he seems kind of like a method actor. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say definitely RDJ. Jeff Bridges, no. Gwyneth Paltrow, Eh, maybe. So I'm just going to say Robert Downey Jr. Actually, it's D, all of the above. They really? all read They all read comic books. Yeah. Um, Robert, I, I think he was already ahead of the curve. He he had read some. He was already a huge Iron Man fan. Um, like, he wanted this role really bad. Um, and then Jeff Bridges, he, he was down to read some, like, because he wanted to learn more about the character of Obadiah Stane. And, he, like, he wanted to... Uh, you know, I mean, Jeff Bridges, he's a classically trained actor. So he, he wanted to get in there and really know the, the character and his parts of his backstory and his origin story. So he could do the character justice. And then Gwyneth Paltrow, she, she basically did the same thing where she, she told Favreau like, Hey, send me any relative reading material that will help me. And is it weird to say that I could smell Jeff Bridges character, Obadiah Stane? <laughs> Did you he could smell, just, you could smell, smell like beard oil? He, he, he smelled like, like when I look at that, I was like, he smells like a cigar and sweat. Cause he's in a suit all the time and he's always got that fucking cigar sticking out of his mouth. Like that's a, that's a smelly dude, I bet. And he uh, probably wears a lot of cologne. He seems like a cologne wearer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I'll be honest. I, I, I see that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I see that. Um, next question. Who was the highest paid actor in Iron Man? It's got to be Robert Downey Jr., right? Eh, you would think. Favreau? Uh, no, I mean, highest paid actor. Oh. Um, Favreau only directed. Right, 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 right. I guess uh, he does. Does he have any uh, screen time in this movie? I can't I remember. Know. I don't know. what. Um, highest paid? Uh, oh, it was Rhodey, wasn't it? Because that's why he didn't come back for two. Correct. Yes. Yeah, that's because they, they couldn't get uh, they couldn't negotiate the uh, contract mm-hmm. right, and I think that um, uh, Favreau wasn't really pleased with um, his performance. Like, I think they had to like re-record a lot of stuff and reshoot some stuff. So he yep. just he opted not to bring him back, and that's why we got um, what's that actor's name? In two- uh, Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got a lot more trivia on that whenever we get to Iron Man two. But yeah. Okay. Uh, that is, that was definitely, um, yeah, 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 yeah. 
Um, so which, uh, which famous musician not only assisted with the film's score, uh, but also had a brief cameo as a security guard who gets killed by Ironmonger? Uh, Slash from Guns N' Roses, Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine, Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters, or Will Swan from Dance Gavin Dance. I want it to be Dave Grohl, so I'm going to say Dave Grohl. Uh, that, that would be awesome, but it is unfortunately incorrect. No, um, um, nothing else matters if it's not Dave Grohl. <laughs> um, it's actually Tom Morello from Rage Against oh, cool. the Machine, uh, right. which makes a lot of sense. Like this soundtrack kicks ass. Like yeah, the, it is very good. The, the music for this movie, like, the whole movie just gets you just like, it gets you jazzed up when you're watching it. You know, it's just a, it's a fun movie. It's a great workout movie. Uh, like if you need to like watch something while you're pumping iron or running on the hamster <laughs> wheel, like it's, it's uh, just the way you said that made me laugh. pump an iron. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by someone who clearly doesn't fucking lift any weights whatsoever. What is that? A 10 pounder? I'm not going for bulk. I'm going for definition. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Okay. Um, let's see. Let's, let's speed some of the shit up. Uh, okay. Uh, well, here's one of the last ones I'll, I'll, uh, I'll touch on. So there was a lot of improvising and, and on, and on the fly changes made during filming due in part to the script being incomplete by the time filming began. Um, actually this one isn't a question. This, this is just a statement. I was, I was going to phrase it in the form of a question. Um, my you can bad. Say it with an inflection on the end. Yes. I'm Ron Burgundy. I'm <laughs> Beat me to it. I'm Ron Burgundy. Damn it, who the hell put a question mark at the end of the teleprompter? <laughs> uh, go fuck yourself, San Diego. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Um, no. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Favreau ended up using two cameras for a lot of scenes so that he could capture Robert Downey Jr.'s uh, improvisations and then the subsequent reactions from his co-stars. Mm-hmm. So like the, what I am led to believe, I, I'm not a filmmaker, but what I'm led to believe is a lot of the times you will, uh, like when two people are having a conversation, you will, you will have like a one camera set up uh, or you might have two cameras set up, but you, you will have a camera set up filming one person doing all of their lines. Um, with that person with the person that they're talking to may or may not respond with their lines or or their part of the dialogue. So that one actor will run through all of their lines for that scene and they'll record it. And then they will flip the camera. Um, It's called the 180 rule where they only, um, you know, if you take the whole scene of the two of them, 360 they only film on uh one half um and then they will film vice versa however they did a two camera setup so that they could actually capture the the laugh reactions and um like the real reactions because there was like i said they had an incomplete script going in so robert like he improvised a lot of his lines and because he did that they wanted to make sure they got the good reactions out of his co-stars. Okay. So, 
I thought that was um um pretty pretty it's cool. A good, like it's a good one for the film nerds. Yeah. Um and even like the infamous I am, I am Iron Man line at the end uh was was ad libbed. Um I don't know what they Yeah, I did read that. <clears throat> And yeah, that kind of really set the tone, didn't it? Yeah, um, in in a major way, in in a couple different ways too. Like, uh, it perfect, would, perfect choice, by the way. That is exactly I, I know. what Tony Stark would have done. Exactly right. I mean, like he would not be about uh, you know hiding behind uh, his you know a mask his, his or secret identity, right? Like he's he's too much of a playboy. Like he. It's not necessarily that he wants the recognition. Like that's definitely part of it. Cause you know, he's just because he renounced the whole weapons manufacturing division of Stark enterprises. Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't mean that he's this pure soul now. Like he, he's still, right. you know, a, a money hungry, attention hungry, you know, playboy. Uh, mm-hmm. But like you said, it did set the tone for uh, the rest of the MCU. And it also like, it was, uh, it got its final uh, stamp of approval by Kevin Feige uh, because he he decided, I guess, along with a few others, that the the thing that they were really going to go for with the MCU was the lack of secret identities, like uh, with the obvious exception of a, a couple, like Spider Man. You know that they he right. he kind of always wants to keep his identity a secret because he's younger. Um, he's got a bit more to lose. So wasn't Um, that a thing, um, in Batman as well? Like, doesn't it come out in one of the movies that Bruce Wayne is Batman and everybody knows it? Uh, or did I just make that up? I, so I'm really only the most familiar with the dark Knight trilogy. Uh, it's been a while since I've watched any of the others, like the Tim Burton Batman and, um, like from the, well, maybe not everybody, but some people, like in positions of power, no, right? Maybe. I feel um, like, and they just let him keep doing it because he's a billionaire and he knows Krav Maga. I don't know why, but maybe that was a, I don't know, that was, maybe that's a parallel that I'm just making up in my head, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, but anyways, you uh, you ready to move on to Iron Man 2? Yeah. Cool, let's let's do it. All right, so Iron Man 2. Also, or uh, came out in 2010, also mm-hmm. directed by John Favreau. And it stars Robert Downey Jr. once again, Gwyneth Paltrow, Don Cheadle, uh, Scarlett Johansson, Sam Rockwell, Mickey Rourke, and Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, Zach, you want to hit us with the tomato score for this one? Yeah, not great. And I'm, I've been trying to figure out why uh, 72 and a 71 audience score, 72 on Rotten Tomatoes uh, for two. I mean, that's, that's still decent, right? I mean, it's not it's respectable. Rotten. And I'm trying to figure out, because I Googled this, I'm like, what other movies came out in 2010? Like, did it have a lot of competition that year? Because um, they had a two million, $200 million budget on this bastard. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they really went all out. The The action scenes looked great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. So I, I actually, I don't remember going to see Iron Man 1 in theaters. I am almost positive I did. But I, I do remember, I have fond memories of going to see Iron Man 2, and that is because I went to go see it on my honeymoon. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, my wife and I are the kind of people 
to go see movies on your honeymoon. You know, you're like, you know, you can go see movies anytime. Why are you going to go see a movie on on your uh, your honeymoon? But we were but in it, Disney. You're talking to somebody who got married in a courthouse and it got <laughs> same. It got uh, notarized at a UPS store and I wear a $20 rubber ring. <laughs> yeah, um, same, uh, except the UPS store. Uh, um so we uh we took a belated honeymoon uh, to to disney we actually got married um it'll be on october 16th it'll be 12 years uh actually Mm -hmm. uh but we took that flies uh, by i know crazy um but yeah we we went to disney world um in 2010 and we went right when this movie was in theaters and I think it was maybe the first day we were there, like the first full day uh, we went and we didn't uh, like, uh, we decided to not go to the parks yet. Mm-hmm. And we just went to downtown Disney and we realized uh, like we learned as we were there that there was a giant fucking movie theater and we we're like, this, this is a pretty nice place. And uh, we went in and we saw that Iron Man 2 was playing. And we we're like, fuck it, let's see Iron Man 2. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it was a that was a good time. Um, I'm not sure. I, I guess that movie theater is still there. Do, do you know if it's still there? Zach? Oh, I don't know. Where was it again? Uh, downtown Disney. Or I guess it'd be oh, Disney's, um, Disney Springs. Disney now. Springs now. You know, you're dating yourself. Um, yeah. I don't know, honestly. Probably. All right. Eh, doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, uh, so what's, what were your general thoughts and feelings about this movie? Anything, uh, things you liked, things you uh, didn't care for? Uh, yeah. Anything in particular stand out? Yeah, while you were talking and I was I was listening to you, I was trying to figure out, I, I googled what movies released in uh, 2010. And there's some big names, uh, big titles rather. Mm-hmm. DiCaprio was busy that year. Um the Twilight Saga, Eclipse, uh, it was Deathly Hallows released that year. I don't know like okay. what dates, if it was before or after. So I mean, okay, it had some the King's Speech. It had like some big titles that year. So I don't know if that like factored in. Overall, sure. my feelings, I liked it. I, mm-hmm. you know, um, let me see. Um, I put. Uh, why did I write this? This is what I wrote. And you tell me if this is anything I wrote makes sense that someone else would figure it out. And the big bad in this one isn't someone who stole it, but made it themselves. Oh yeah. Because in my mind, it made sense that somebody was going to figure out this tech. Right. And this wasn't something that they stole. They actually just tried to reproduce it. And there's a lot. And that was a theme (laughs) in the first one, obviously. So, okay. Yeah. yeah, That, that, that made sense to me. And who played that, uh, his main counterpart, uh, you you mean the villain? Yeah. Uh, the fu- the fucking tw- the, no 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 the twerpy guy. Oh, uh, Justin Hammer. Yeah, he, Hammer, the douche. Yeah, uh, yeah that's he, he, did, Sam he did Rockwell's a, he, character. Yeah, he did a great job playing him. And <laughs> he's when he, so like, good. He's like the the antithesis to Tony Stark, isn't he? Like he's what Tony Stark would have been if he didn't like take the path he took. Like he's like the egotistical, just a just a D bag and where I will say that like where Tony Stark needs like fanfare and cheerleaders and fireworks and shit. He just went out on stage by himself at his mm-hmm. demo. So it was like, 
less is more with him, but that little dance he did, that was actually improvised. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I learned that as well, that that's a, apparently a dance that uh, Sam Rockwell does to like jazz himself up like <laughs> right before he filmed scenes. So he does that dance and he decided to do that dance when they started filming and they were like, we fucking love that. We're going to keep that. And, uh, yeah. Um, no, I, I always saw Justin Hammer's character as like Tony Stark if he wasn't a fucking genius, like if he was just a run of the mill, like tech guy, because you know, mm-hmm. it, you learn in Iron Man one, you get a little bit of backstory. Um, when they do the flashback to like when they're trying to present him with the award, like, you know, he builds his first engine at like six years old. He <laughs> graduates summa cum laude at like 16. Um, so like dudes are fucking genius. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I I always looked at Justin Hammer as like, this is what Tony Stark would have been if he wasn't like born a genius. Like if, if he was just a regular like guy that knew a lot about tech and, um, and yeah. all that. Yeah, so, uh, the the opening scene got me. Um, well, not not the opening scene. Maybe it was where they drop him out of the back of the plane mm-hmm. over the demo and he sort of like flies in. And I'm thinking... Why did they have the plane? He can just fly there. Why did he like have to fall out of an airplane? And there actually was like a deleted scene, I think, between him and Pepper Potts, where they really lean into the demon in the bottle theme in this one. Oh, where there was like a back and forth where he's like drunk on the airplane in a suit or something like that. And they have a back and forth. And then he falls out of the plane into the demonstration like he did. But from what we saw in like the theatrical version that we got, why did they have to gas up a plane and drop him out of a cargo hold and spend all that money <laughs> when he could have just flown there? I don't, I didn't get that. Um, there was some audio to that scene too. And I had to like go back and listen to this a few times. And the audio reads two seven zero at 30 knots at 15,000 feet. Two seven zero is the heading of 15,000 feet, obviously, but 30 knots. No, no. You're not going to be at 30 <laughs> knots at 15,000 feet in an aircraft that big in a C-17 or whatever it was. Oh, God. Is that coming in with the, <laughs> um, actually, 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 that, Mr. Neckbeard. That, that one got me. Maybe 130 knots, but I, I went back and listened to it a few times and even had the closed caption on and I was like, who missed that one? But that was All right. Just, well, uh, not everyone is a fucking airline pilot. Okay. Is that, uh, I, Maybe they should have hired like a or had some airline consulting <laughs> when they were writing that part of the script. Oh, you should have um, been in the theater when we, when we uh, went and saw Flight with Denzel Washington. Oh. <laughs> Just a row of people going, okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually I remember going to see that movie. Um, I, I can't remember. I, I think I saw it in theaters, but good movie. Uh, I liked it. Yeah, I, I remembered it. That's when he was like, uh, kind of a drunk, right? Yeah, it, it wasn't like about that. User. It wasn't about like that scene. It was like uh, about him and his struggle with addiction and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Um, let's see what else. What, what are we got here? Um, oh, Ooh, the, uh, the the fight scenes. I, I want to touch on the fight scenes, like when sure. um, uh, Rourke's character, um, whatever the fuck his name is, is on the track at Monaco. Whiplash. Whiplash when he's on the track at Monaco. 
Mm-hmm. Beautiful. That looks yeah. so good. Yeah. Uh, they, so I actually, I have the, the DVD. Um, it's like a three disc set. Uh, and mm-hmm. one of them has the, the audio commentary from John Favreau. Um, I was really hoping that I would have him and like RDJ and a couple others, but it, unfortunately it was just him, but I was glad to have it because anytime you can have director commentary, you're mm-hmm. going to get a lot of great, uh, behind the scenes and trivia for the movie straight from the source. You know, it's not going to be like internet conjecture and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. So, um, but yeah, he, he was talking about filming and, uh, filming that scene and, you know, they, they wanted to try and get actually at, in Monaco to film, but they, uh, they, they weren't able to, so they had to do some, some CG work and, um, and build out in like a, a lot, what that, what parts of the racetrack would look like. And the, the, the indie cars, they actually, those are CG as well, but mm. I think the, the cars themselves were, uh, like a couple models were lent to the, 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 the computer generator people, mm-hmm. uh, that, w- that worked on the film so they could accurately model the cars that would be racing that race. Cause it's not supposed to be like an indie race. It's like a, a, a classic cup or something. I, I forget what exactly it's called, but it's not like a, you know, uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but yeah. Uh, one, one of the reasons why that scene looks so good is they use like a, a cool combination of special effects and CG and practical effects. Like, apparently Mickey Rourke actually has like whips that are connected to this contraption that he's carrying on his back. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, apparently they were heavy as shit. Like the first time he, they look heavy as shit. He's a big boy. I mean, yeah. um, Yeah. The reason why he's so big is he had to get buff enough to be able to swing them. Um, Yeah. And, uh, they actually played, uh, let's see, what was, I think they had to play ACDC for him when they were filming that scene so he could get jazzed up enough, but also swing at the right, uh, you know, cause he had like the doom, 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 almost like he was skipping rope at a, at a certain pace. Uh, they, uh, like the, whatever song that they were playing for him was helping him keep beat of how he was supposed to be swinging them. And, uh, I bet it was I just, TNT. <laughs> could have been. Remember yeah. that one? Yeah. It's on TNT. Dun, um, dun, dun. Um, I, bet that, I bet it was that one. Yeah. Could have been. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, I love that scene. They lost me though. Um, with the, with the, uh, walk away explosion when the cars come around the corner and they could have just smoked <laughs> both him and Tony Stark in that moment, but they like <laughs> somehow collide. And there's like this big dramatic, like no fucking way explosion. I saw that and I was like, and you kind of lost me right there, but the whole thing, I, I, I thought it was cool. what did you think about Rourke uh, overall as a character choice? Cause I saw some criticism of him online. I, I thought he was great. Yeah, I, I really like I, I like Mickey Rourke. Um, I like the movies that he does. The Wrestler is one of my favorite mm-hmm. movies of all time. It's so goddamn good. He's um, coming off of uh, The Wrestler in 08. I got it pulled up and he was coming off of Sin City yeah. in 2005, too. So he's he's mm-hmm. had a pretty good run like up until and I bet they were filming in like 2009 or 2008 even for a release date of 2010. 
Yeah. So he he was coming off a really good run uh, leading up to that, but I I thought he was great. Yeah, definitely. Um, I I can see people having some issues with it. Like, I would have personally, I would have liked to see uh, either an extended scene of Tony and him in the that jail cell or an additional scene of the two of them not suited up like talking mm-hmm. like i didn't think that that one scene of both of them not battling just kind of talking i i don't think that that really provided enough like um i don't know what you, what you call it, like catharsis or like you know getting the ball rolling for for the audience to buy into this, this rivalry, this, you mm-hmm. know, uh, so you wanted this, more just two guys getting more grounded in each other's yeah. character, I guess. Yeah. Cause like the, the point that they really try to drive home in this movie is like legacy, like what you leave behind. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's the Stark legacy and then there's the, the, the Van Co legacy, you know, and, they were they were both part of you know creating the arc reactor but as we see later on in the movie according to nick fury um howard stark uh you know sends um uh what's his name anton his dad uh back to siberia uh because he just wanted to use the arc reactor as a way to like get rich and howard stark right. he wa- wanted to use it like they really um wrote howard stark as like this walt disney character yeah they really did um they they wanted him to be perceived like that where he really um he really wanted to make stuff for the greater good yeah i think they uh, said that um he wanted to start an energy war that would have made like the the nuclear war just it would just dwarf it Right. That was that was his big goal, and he even said um, in the video he left, he was just uh, hindered by the technology of his time. I think mm-hmm. is is the phrase. Yeah, but other than that, I, I really liked Mickey Rourke as uh, as a villain. I thought he was pretty cool. Um, I did too. I, I like Whiplash. Uh, I I liked one thing that I did learn just recently when doing research for this episode is that. Uh, like I knew Whiplash was a comic book villain, but I didn't realize that the character of Whiplash in Iron Man 2 is actually a combination of two villains. Um, mm. It's uh shit. I, I didn't even write down the villain's name. It's basically uh, Ivan Vanko's. Um, it's like the red nemesis or something. I, I forget what it is. And the actual whiplash character, because whiplash in the comic books is not Ivan Van Co. It's someone else. Um, so uh, I, I thought that was pretty interesting. I did not know that. Hang on. Maybe um, this. Now I could click on one of these links and dig through, but yeah, it, it's no, all right. I don't, don't, don't want to chew up the time with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's all right. Um, Let's see. I want my bird. <laughs> I want my bird. Uh, so um, this movie gives us the the introduction of Black Widow, uh, the character of Black Widow, played mm-hmm. by Scarlett Johansson. What did you think of um, Black Widow in this movie and Scarlett Johansson's performance? 
uh, great performance. They gave, they gave her just a really balls out fight scene, didn't they? And just yes, really, that, really introducing her into the Marvel dude, universe. Dude, that fucking fight scene. I I thought it was fucking perfect. Like it, it was really good. And you had the other guy, uh, Howie, out there just trying to beat the shit out of one guy, and she's out right. there just wrecking house. Yeah, he's like, I I got him. <laughs> he and like looks gone. up. Yeah, she's not nowhere to be seen. Like there's dudes hanging from the fucking <laughs> ceiling, choked on their own like choke cords or whatever. Um, yeah, and, and I love the presentation of that scene, like because when she's first introduced in the movie and throughout like the first and second acts, we're kind of led to believe that uh, at least the people that are not tuned in to the fact that she's actually Black Widow, um, we're led to believe that she's just this, you know, hot little piece of ass that Tony Stark <laughs> wants to like hit on and, and and possibly fuck. Uh, but we get that this, is how they frame it. That is how they frame it. But we get this amazing scene at the end, uh, where she just annihilates everyone in her path. Uh, and I thought that was a great payoff that I didn't really pick up on until recently. Uh, really that just this last time that I watched it a couple days ago, um, I was like, wow, they really framed that well, where they, um, they kind of set her character up initially to just be this eye candy. Uh, and then you're like, guess what fuckers? She can actually rip your balls out through your throat. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Um, let me think about anything else I had of note on this one. Hmm. Oh, um, I got some trivia stuff too that I okay. don't want to, uh, let me, um, let me ask this. So there's a scene, um, where he's going through his father's stuff and yeah, it's when he built the, basically the reactor to create a new element. Mm-hmm. Um, we're led as the viewer to believe because you know, that captain America's shield is made of vibranium mm-hmm. from two movies ago, three movies ago. And they pull it out of the box and he says, that's exactly what I need. And then the gag is he just uses it to prop up the thing he just (laughs) built. Right. So yeah, that was one thing that I had. I was like, did he make vibranium? Is that the, the DNA or the genetic code that his father gave him? But it was something else, right? Correct. That that's just a prototype Uh, that that wasn't ever supposed to be the real captain America shield. Oh, it Um, was just like something they modeled it after. Correct. Yeah, that that was basically just supposed to be like a fabrication of what they would want the real thing to look like once they acquired vibranium or once they wanted to build the real thing. Uh, what was vibranium. the element that he made called? I don't even think I know. Um, all I know is that he's like, you have successfully found a, a substitution or an alternative to palladium. Yeah, hang on. Um, that's that's all that I can remember. I, I can't remember if they explicitly okay, stated. See, e- even a cursory Google search. Um, <clears throat> the Iron Man two noveliz in the Iron Man two novelization, the element created by Tony Stark to replace palladium in the arc reactor is called vibranium. So, interesting. 
Oh, I wonder my. if that's movie canon or if that is comic book canon. Marvel confirmed Iron Man created vibranium <clears throat> in the MCU. Hmm. Okay. Iron Man 2 centers around the creation of the new element in order to power Tony's personal arc reactor and save his life, which matches the necessary basics for vibranium. Tony applied what his father knew and created the new element to replace palladium. I don't know. If anybody knows, throw it up in the group, please, because I would like yeah. to know. Yeah. Uh, we should also plug your uh, your friend's uh, brain, Michael Painter. We should see that's like, hey, man, that's why, I want, like, that's why I want him on on these ones. Yeah. Yeah. We we need him and his. Uh, he would he would actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, except he's very nice and respectful about it. So he wouldn't neck beard us to death. <laughs> <laughs> Just a fist. Not, uh, not like me. If your aircraft was flying 30 knots at that altitude, it would stall. <laughs> you fucking bastards. Um, God, now so, I want to know. Uh, let's see. You got any uh, Got any other trivia for us? Yeah. I'm going to figure this out. Uh, but yeah, I do. Um, the kid in the Iron Man mask was Tom Holland. Yeah. Yeah, they Fun decided fact. to canonize that, apparently. They were like, yeah. yep, that was him. That was him. Um, there was a nod. Um, obviously, we talked about Cap Cap Shield. That was a nod to um, Howard Stark participating in the Super Soldier program. Mm-hmm. Um, did you ke- catch the uh, Project Pegasus crate? Yes, uh, mm-hmm. I I did. That that was a thing where I just kind of like it, it was like for me it was a blink and you miss it kind of thing. So oh, I yeah, did. It was have it was, to, it was quick. Yeah, I did have to read up on it after the fact, like see it was project pegasus and i was like why does that sound familiar so i digged a little bit deeper and i was like oh yeah that was something from uh mm-hmm. uh the the tesseract captain marvel. and captain marvel right so. correct um and i said or i wrote there was actually a nod to black panther um behind nick fury and tony stark towards the end on that map there's a bunch of like dots over africa and what's oh. going on in africa in the marvel universe the whole sure. vibranium mining and stuff like that yeah. So no, that was that was the only things that uh, I dug up. What'd you find? Uh, <clears throat> okay. So which tech billionaire do you think allowed Favreau to shoot several scenes at one of their facilities in exchange for a cameo? Had to be Elon Musk, right? That is correct. They yeah. got to shoot at SpaceX, an actual SpaceX location. And if you look closely, um, you will see backgrounds. Uh, quote unquote actors. Those are not actors. Those are people that actually work at SpaceX. Um, they had to mm. film at night um, because that's the only time where they could film and it wasn't like full of people. Right. Uh, but they did want other people in the, the, the SpaceX facility. But yeah, that I thought that was co- really cool that they, they managed to secure that uh, for the movie. Just, just because so much is done green screen nowadays. And like, I get it. Like, you know, you you have access to these big sound stages and it's, it's a lot easier to do it that way rather than acquire the, uh, the logistical stuff to, and secure an actual location. But in my opinion, there's just no substitute for an actual location because as screens at home get better and better, the easier it is to pick out green screen work. 
like on an older TV, you know, the, the definition is not as high. So, you know, green screen, green screen work is a little bit easier, uh, overlooked, but mm-hmm. on my, you know, new TV that I just bought like a couple years ago, like it's painfully obvious what is yeah. green screen and yeah. what is not. So it, that kind of takes me out of the movie a little bit, but yeah, I was, I was pretty stoked. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, of course, Elon Musk, he was in that brief scene in Monaco where like, you know, him and Tony like said hi to each other. Mm-hmm. So he said he had a great idea for an electric airplane or something like that. Right. Yeah. Which apparently Musk ha- actually has, um, you know, I-, I don't know how serious he is, but it's probably an issue of timing for him. He just doesn't have the time to do it. So he's got a lot of ideas, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. I-, I know he's he's outsourced a lot of them to like the boring company and, and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but uh yeah. Um, let's see. So true or false. They shot the footage of Howard stock Howard Stark on 16 millimeter stock footage uh, or stock film, which helps give it that old timey look from the sixties and seventies. I mean, sounds true. Yeah, it is. Um, I thought that was really cool. Uh, you know, when, when they go that extra mile in movies nowadays to, you know, it's, it's super easy to make, you know, in post-production, make a piece of your movie look old, but to actually go through the trouble of filming it on film and, and not just that, but like 16 millimeter film, like Mm -hmm. is it was pretty great. Um, let's see. One thing I thought was cool, Mickey Rourke actually visited a prison in Moscow so he could uh, really nail down his Russian accent and also figure out what tattoos would would look really cool and and would look accurate for an ex-convict to have. Weren't some um, of those those some of those were his, right? Uh, probably. Uh, I, I want to say I saw something like that. Yeah, I, 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 I like to picture him in a jail cell going. I want my bird. I want my bird. I want my bird. <laughs> oh yeah. The bird man. You, you like your bird? Well, I'm, I'm taking away your bird. You like your shoes? Yeah. I'm taking away those too. You, you promised me suits. He says to him, I think what he says is you talk too much in Russian. I don't know if he yeah. says it to him twice, but that's right. Yeah. I accurate. was, I was actually reading that like he, apparently in in russian they have a couple versions or forms of you and he used a very disrespectful form of you when he Mm. said you talk too much like um it's a a version of you you would say if you don't have respect for that person so (laughs) i was like yeah fuck you justin (laughs) you simple-minded prick they really do make him just look like this blundering fool don't they yeah, he's he's really meant like I love the this is so small, but I love it so much. Like after he does his little dance at the end, you know, coming out to the podium and stuff. And mm-hmm. he's like, the press is about to have another problem. They're about to run out of ink. And then, like two people. <laughs> everything's everything's digital now. 
Right. And then like they roll the, they start to roll the podium away. He's like, yeah, get, get that out of here. <laughs> it's like, you're such a fucking tool. Uh, what a D bag. Um, did you I, notice, I love- uh, Tony Stark's pumps he had to wear? Uh, actually I did notice that he was wearing, uh, what looked like some platform shoes. Um, you can see him in a couple scenes. Uh, one of them when he's on stage, um, he has like these like flowy suit pants because he had to wear the platforms to, for the height to be right. And, um, there's another one when he's climbing up on the counter. I think you can kind of tell that he's wearing the platforms. Yeah. Well, uh, we're not all graced with, uh, the, the gift of, height um, <laughs> I'm fine or, how, however you want to put that I mean Tom Cruise has the same thing like he wears uh, lifts in his shoes for pretty much every movie uh, from yeah. from what I hear so um, it's it's a rough life and I get it I'm like f- barely five six so yeah I I get five it. nine and a quarter here buddy yeah well there's no need to brag all right braggadocious I claim that quarter yeah, you should. Um, it, uh, it speaks volumes. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I, I think that's pretty much all I have in terms of... Uh, oh, uh, one last thing. Um, in terms of theatrical releases, the gap between um, The Incredible Hulk, which of course we have not covered because we are going in um, chronological timeline order, Um the gap between the incredible Hulk and this movie, uh, Iron Man two was the longest or has been the longest downtime in MCU history. I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, how many movie deals did they sign Samuel L. Jackson for? I wonder, because I I saw somewhere that he just like motored through his contract. I think it was like 10 movies and he just like burned through them. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, quite a few. Um, I I can't remember uh, off the top of my head. I I remember seeing that little piece of trivia when I was doing some research, but I I can't remember off the top of my head. So, so I think next, uh, it's gotta be Thor, right? Because the ending credit scene. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So we got that, that post credit scene. I, I think we just had one. But yeah, you know, we we get a little bit of a hint, um, you know, when when Coulson comes down to uh, to see Stark, he's like, I heard you breached the perimeter. He's like, goodbye, I'm leaving. (laughs) Just love that matter of factly like uh, he's like, what do you want? He's like, I'm busy. What do you want? He's like, nothing. Goodbye. (laughs) I've been doing things. I've got to go do more things. Yeah, he's like uh, heading to Mexico and he's like superhero stuff. He's like something like that. Uh, or I, I can't remember exactly what he says, but yeah, that was setting up for the uh, for for Thor. Um, and I'm, I'm actually pulling up the uh, let's see in timeline order. Let's see. Uh, so we got uh, Thor and the first Avengers movie. OK, coming up. So some exciting shit. Um I like Thor a lot. Uh, have you seen Thor, Zach? Mm, I think so. I feel like I've seen that one. Okay. Um, Don't remember it. <laughs> All 
All right. Well, this will be a good opportunity for you to revisit and uh, relearn and, and all that good shit. But do you do you have any final thoughts uh, on uh, Iron Man and Iron Man 2? No, I don't think so. OK, right on. Um, so but overall, you thoroughly enjoyed them both. Oh, yeah, I did. I've, I've always been a fan. Yeah, I, li- um, I liked I, I liked Iron Man 2 a lot. A bit, a yeah. bit over the top at some point in some points, but um, I liked it. Oh yeah. One thing that we didn't really uh, touch on too much was the replacement of uh, uh, oh, Don Cheadle with Don yeah. Cheadle. That I, I can't believe we didn't talk about. No, that we talked at about all. it. We we touched on it when we were talking about the first one. Right, but you know that was the first one. Um, but yeah, like I said in that little piece of trivia, um, they. You know, Terrence Howard, he uh, really you alluded to it. He uh, he didn't request a pay increase. Uh, they were going to give um, Robert Downey Jr. a I think a two thousand percent pay increase because they paid him pennies yeah. for their yeah. first role because they they didn't really expect him to show up at all because he was hot off the heels of his. Um, uh, you know, his addiction, um, uh, you know, getting help for all that shit that mm-hmm. he went through, um, back in the, the early two thousands. But, uh, yeah, like we said, Terrence Howard, he was a uh, high, uh, the highest paid actor in Iron Man one, and they wanted to renegotiate his contract. And he was like, nah, fuck that. And he, he left and, um, they also wanted to cut a lot of his scenes. They, they initially didn't want to make him a big part of Iron Man two. Uh, I think Zach, you also talked about this a little bit. They didn't want to make him a big part of the, the movie because Favreau wasn't a fan of his when working on Iron Man one, like they had to reshoot a lot of stuff and, um, there was, just, there was something there and there was a line that Cheadle had <clears throat> when he walked into the Senate hearing. He's like, I'm here get over it. Yeah. He was, was talking to Tony Stark. That was supposed to be a nod to like, okay, new guy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was supposed to be like kind of, uh, you know, a subtle acknowledgement of, yeah, this is, <laughs> this is the same, same character, different actor. Just yeah. get over it. Let's move on. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, that's, uh, you know, that, that's kind of yesterday's news. You know, we don't really need to go over that too much, but, um, anyways, you want to do shit that doesn't suck? Yeah. You go first. I got to think of something. Shit that doesn't suck. Well, my shit that doesn't suck is something that just came out this past weekend, uh, this past Friday, actually, and that is the Netflix original series Midnight Mass by uh, directed by Mike Flanagan, uh, who is quickly and effectively becoming one of my favorite contemporary horror directors. Um, This series just... Holy shit. It's so fucking good. Um, I, I can't tell you any more than that. Uh, you know, uh, 
typically are shit that doesn't suck recommendations are, are, are they're typically spoiler free anyways but yeah this this show is so good it, it hit pretty close to home for me because i grew up uh catholic um you know going to church every sunday um so the catechism was instilled in me at a very early age i'm now a uh, i don't know if you'd call it a practicing um atheist or possibly I don't think that's a, a thing i don't think atheists practice anything right yeah i i guess that defeats the purpose i, I don't know but I, <laughs> I i'm pretty i'm like on the border of atheist and agnostic it, it kind of it depends I, i'm full-blown agnostic that's where I lie. Yeah. But no, this, this show, it's, it's so fucking good. Um, I don't, I don't want to get started on it because I will talk and talk and talk about it. And no one wants to hear me do that. They've heard (laughs) enough from me, um, this episode. So, uh, Zach, have you come up with something? Hmm. Is it uncouth to, mention another podcast on a podcast no. i never know No, we've done we've done it before okay oh i've done it before <laughs> i guess i'll put out um if you haven't come across it yet out there in the in the geek zeitgeist there's one that i've been on for a long time called the adventure zone mm-hmm. you, you, you come across that one uh you've told me about it yeah uh, i haven't right, had a chance a, to check it out yet but it's a mcelroy product so if you're f- familiar with like my brother my brother and me or sawbones or any any of their mini podcast, the adventure zone is a, and uh, D uh, role-playing podcast. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, basically storytelling through playing the game. And yeah. uh, if you haven't found that one yet, I've been re-listening to a lot of the older stuff and the new season ether C is, is uh, shaping out to be really good. Um, if you haven't gotten into it yet and you, and you want to, mm-hmm. um, you can start at the beginning with the balance arc, which is just like, D20 uh, straight up D&D or you can skip to amnesty. That's where I would uh, send people if they were just starting to dip their toe into that. That's a Mm -hmm. really, really good arc. So that's what I'll say about that. Right on. Yeah. uh, Adventure zone was um, uh, brought up quite heavily when we did our, one and only D and D episode uh, a few years ago. We really need to do another one, but the, the issue is that like I don't play, and so you don't have to. <laughs> they started. They started the adventure zone. None of them had played. I think the Griffin, uh, the one who uh, DMs the first balance arc, played like once, and they just yeah. like f- figured it out as they went. Yeah, um, and that's what I'm told. It, like one of the great things about the game is that you can just kind of hop in, and it's it's so much like what you make of it. Like that's that's the great thing about it. It's like it's you can literally, be as, yeah, literally in the book, make it up. Yeah, like, <laughs> like you can you can be as hardcore, like strict to the rules, or you can be as laissez faire as you want. Like that's part of the the fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, you know. Listeners, if you have any suggestions for some D&D episodes that we could do, we would love to hear it. Um, I, I I have been told uh, previously that just a, a quick episode or two on creating a character would be fun. So, um, you know, that's a potential idea that, 
sack that you and I could do um, later on down the road. So, uh, yeah, we could so. do that. Um, I'm down. I'm down to just do a whole version of the adventure zone if you wanted to, but that's, that's a lot of work. And um, sure. if you, if you listen to the setup episodes um, for their arcs, they go into like character building and character development and all that stuff. So you can, you can get kind of a taste for that too. Okay, cool. All right. Well, uh, I believe that's going to do it for this episode. Um, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, as always, you can find us, uh, on all social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We have a Facebook group where we, um, do nerdy polls and geeky discussions and all kinds of cool shit. Uh, that's where most of our listener, um, interaction goes down. Uh, we will have a link for that below in the description. Um, if you like giving money to strangers so they can pursue their interests, we do have a Patreon um, and we have some pretty cool perks. There will also be a link below uh, for that. If you enjoy the podcast and want to contribute in ways that don't cost you your hard-earned monies, you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Um, yeah, I think that's that's going to do it. Um, as always, be kind, stay geeky, and eat lots of cheesecake. Goodbye! Love you. Me love you long time. Me so honey, baby. That's not okay. <laughs>